Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Pull Up with Miles and Owen. And today, a friend of the podcast is joining us from the Washington Post. Uh, we, we are very excited. Usually, we're speaking to our guest today uh, after first edition has already has already been submitted. He's he's filed his story. We've got you know fun drinks in our hand and we're just chopping it up today. Always. Yep, today it's an AM edition. Kareem Copeland, welcome to the show. How's it going? What up, fellas? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. This one is a little bit different. We <laughs> it's a little earlier than usual. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, we, we got, got different kind of drinks today. Yeah, no, no beer, just coffee. You know, we're yes. chilling. <laughs> but we hope that we hope that whenever you are listening, wherever you're listening, you have a beer in your hand because that makes our episodes go down really smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I always sound better when people are drinking. <laughs> So Kareem, first off, I also wanted to say um, thanks for doing this. Uh, and we want to let people know that we're taking just a week off of our AU series because players are getting into market this week. Um, so we're going to be back with that next week. But Kareem, thank you for stepping up and, and helping us fill that void a little bit. Uh, what have you been up to since the end of the W season? If people are only following you in that beat and not across every other sport that you're also covering around D.C.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a busy schedule for me. Um, I've always uh, always got something going on. I stay in the um, the women's hoop space. So during the um, college season, I've got Maryland and then I cover the entire um, I mean, I cover all of NCAA uh, women's hoops during the college season. And so we're winding down here. Um, I, I do full travel with Maryland. And then as we get to the tournament, I cover the entire tournament. So we've got that coming up. Um, I do a little bit of Georgetown men also, uh, you know, they, it's been a rough couple of years for them. Uh, they're transitioning a little bit. So I've got them. So next week, what, two weeks from now, I'll head over to the, uh, I'll be up in New York for the Big East tournament. Um, next week, I think is Big Ten tournament. So yeah, just hitting that busy time of the year. It's like, it's like crazy. It, once we get to about midway through February, you know, you go right into the tournament and then as soon as the tournament gets done, the W draft picks up. And then what? A week after the draft is um, training camps pretty much open. And so and then it goes completely through summer because I do full travel with the Mystics. And then so I get like a little bit of a break in September, but I still do a little bit of college football. Um, and then usually I take a little bit of a break in between the draft and training camp because otherwise – <laughs> there's no time to squeeze it in so but yeah that's what we've been on lots of hoops oh shoot i didn't even mention the wizards right? the best the best basketball in the country the <laughs> oh man so yeah so i'm number two on our wizards beat behind uh ava and so um i knock out of handful of uh home games and and deal on the home games i didn't knock out a handful of uh road games and um you know keep up with them also so it's a uh, it's a lot of hoops year round so it's cool i love it you you mentioned that um you do travel with the mystics and that's a very rare thing in the w space i believe you and annie costable are the only two uh newspaper beat reporters that travel with the team so we we Shout do talk a lot. 
Yeah, shout out to Annie. Annie's fantastic. And especially, especially this free agency period, she's been all over it. Um, and her work has been is always incredible. But I think especially so some of the glimpses she's been able to to provide to fans um these last couple of weeks has been phenomenal. Um, but yeah, we talk a lot about the struggles we have generating consistent consistent coverage when the W isn't put onto TV regularly or when there's not that like pre or post game show that kind of gets you uh, just the the appetizer and then the dessert to, around the, the meal itself <laughs> that can break down the game. But the same in my mind, that's true also when it comes to the written content, when it comes to gamers or player profiles or some of the community impact stories that really helps with the, the, the storytelling angle of it that, that makes these players relatable. So how in your position, because it is pretty unique in the space, do you see the benefit of that day in and day out glimpse into the mystics? Well, really the way that I look at it and the way that I approach it is the same way of literally every other beat that I've been on. My old self has been on NFL, been on NBA, been on W, been on college football, been on everything. And the way, honestly, I try to do it is just to treat it the exact same as I would at any time. And so my entire um, approach has always been, I try to be the person that um, I try, uh, that knows as much about the team as anybody that's not on the team or the, anybody that's not in the front office. And then if I kind of come from that position, then I can, you know, share with the fans and with readers and um, with followers and everybody, you know, your game coverage on, you know, your, your, your daily game coverage is kind of, you know, your one thing that's your staple going throughout the week. But I also really want to give glimpses into who they are and, and, and not just, you know, these, athletes who can run fast and jump high you know they're real humans who are out there doing real human stuff uh so i try to you know make sure i can hit those uh profiles and and features and and all that i, I try to give oh as much of an all-around glimpse of uh the league and the team and individual players as much as i possibly can and you know that in you know, we're going through free agency right now. So that includes that stuff that everything from breaking news to, you know, what some would call softer features where, you know, player profiles where we got to get to know them. We're really not even talking ball. We're kind of talking about who they are and what their interests are away from the games. And, you know, and I and I really think that's what, you know, we always kind of talk about interest in the league and, and, and trying to grow that. And, and I think that's what people are going to people who like basketball are going to watch basketball. Right. But it's when they get glimpses of who they are away from the court and, and people are interested in other people and what makes them tick and what the, and good stories and things like that. I mean, that's why, and you know, NFL plays 17 games, but if we're, if we're talking about them year round. It's not just about what's happening on the field. And so that's, that's the way I look at, sports coverage in general is yeah the x's and o's are super important and what happened on the floor is super important but i think it's just as important to show who they are um away from the game and, and because you know all of us all of us all of us work hard at our jobs and and what we're doing right but we're all people away from that and so i think it's interesting to be able to see 
who they are outside of that. So that's always something that's pretty high um, on my list. Why I try to, quite frankly, why I try to talk to everybody, you know, it, it's, I think there's times that it can be real easy to kind of fall into the groove of, uh, you know, just talking to, you know, the top handful of players on the team because they're the ones that are getting the most minutes and all that kind of stuff. But I always, I've, I'll, whenever I've talked to um, younger journalists and I'm actually going to speak at a class at Maryland, what's today? Today's Monday? Yeah, so that would, <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I got a heavy schedule, y'all. <laughs> but yeah, so tomorrow I'm speaking to a class at Maryland and, and uh, you know, I always encourage young journalists, you know, Talk to everybody. Talk to people down the line who aren't getting as much playing time. You know that's that's why it's important to go to uh, to practices and shoot arounds and things like that because it's hard to do post games, right? If you're only going to games and it, you've got to get, we were just talking about it a minute ago. You know, you got to get the most impactful players um, from that night. But everybody is at practice. Everybody's in the same film rooms. Everybody kind of so. Um, it's just an important, just as important to try to build relationships with people who may not be get logging as many minutes um, as others. I used to say, I used to, uh, when I was on NFL, I used to use this as an example all the time. Because you, you different from the W now where they, you know, after practices, locker rooms are open for an hour. You can wander around, talk to whoever. Um, I always say, go talk to the backup offensive linemen. Those guys are smart. They're in the room. They know what's going on. Sure, they may not be the ones necessarily out there on game day, uh, but they know what's going on. And so you can get a lot of context and background information from those guys. And <clears throat> in the process, you know, you're building relationships with them. So, um, you know, you, you know, I've always I forget who told me this years ago, you know, make friends before you need them. <clears throat> excuse me, make friends before you need them. And that works in a whole lot of different passions. And so. That's always my thing is, you know, I try to talk to as many people as possible all the time just so because, um, you know, everybody's got good information also and, and, and good insight on what they're going, um, what the team is doing and what's going on behind the scenes. And and then you just run into fun stories sometimes, you know, you're sitting there shooting it with somebody and, and they're talking about their weekend or some interest that you didn't know they were into that they're in. If you can see behind me, listen, I talk a lot of sneakers with people. <laughs> we, we, talk, we talk about sneakers all the time. So but, but that kind of those kind of conversations lead into other things. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's something I didn't know about. And all of a sudden you've got a cool feature that you can work on. So um, I think I'm just rambling now, but that's kind of how I approach it all. <laughs> No, I, I loved all that. I think I might have like a half dozen follow ups to that. But that was my experience too. kind of like when I was a young journalist in this space a couple of years back, some of those relationships that I was able to build were with players that were not, you know, the ones that you're seeing sitting at the podium every game because they would be they would just be mobbed. So I would I would start by talking to the rookies when I was a rookie and then kind of build up relationships that way, too. And And that definitely those have been the ones that have kind of like persisted, I think, when a player comes back to town or something like that. Because they remember, they, they remember, oh yeah, you used to talk to me when everyone, the, when all the TV cameras and the crowd went to, you know, holler at Elena Deladon, but you know, you're over here and that's why, that's the other thing I always say, don't follow the crowd. Wherever all the TV cameras and the big scrum is going on, if you, if, if time permits, sometimes you don't have any choice, but if time permits, I'm like, here, I'm going to circle back to that person because now I'm going to go talk to so-and-so. 
So where I essentially get a one-on-one -on -one with them or it's just us in a small group um, as opposed to the big scrums. And, and that's just, I don't know, that's just me, how I work. I'm, I'm, I'm better in smaller groups than than the official podiums and and when there's you know 30 of us all crowding around one person everybody trying to get one question in and um a lot of people like to just you know a lot of people like to hear their own voice i'm i'm like okay i'll go i'll go over here and do my thing and i'll circle back and catch up to you in a second i i also think i i think you and i actually game before game four of the finals ended up in a situation exactly like that, where I think you and I got to talk to Asia, just the two of us, because a whole scrum had been around her. And then maybe Chelsea came out in a boot and everybody ran away to go talk to I Chelsea. Mean, and then yep. you and I were like, okay, cool. We'll go talk to Asia for a few minutes. <laughs> you know, we'll take, we'll take Asia just between the two of us for 10 minutes. Ooh, great. And you know, that's when you get the good stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's different when, I think it's just human nature that, when you're bombarded by a bunch of questions by a whole group of people, um, I think you tend to answer a little bit differently than if you're just having a conversation with two or three people. And that's that's what I always I'm I'm always much better at the little conversation than the official pass the mic. All right, here we go, kind of things. That's mm -hmm. that's that's what that's the that those are the spaces I work best in, you know. But hey, everybody's got their own everybody's got their own styles and their own ways where um, you know their own niches, how they work better. You know, that's just, that's just mine. N nothing makes me more uncomfortable than the, the stiff, the stiffness and rigidity of the past, the mic. Hey, thanks coach. Uh, appreciate the time. It's just, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's way better. Just those in-between moments as you're talking about it. It's State your name and organization and your official yeah, yeah. question and you get one <laughs> question and then you pass it off to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I wanted to, I do want to give a quick shout out though to John Qual Jones, who is the best that I've ever seen at like, nope, we skipped you, you're next, because I don't want you just because you're in the back and you're a young journalist who like isn't so comfortable mm -hmm. in this scrum. I see you, I got you, then we can move down the line. And she's maybe the only person that I see do that consistently. And I appreciate that every time. Yeah, that's always nice when when, when they acknowledge the, and, and, and that's the other thing. That's why it's, half the battle is just being there you know where they know who you are and they see your face and they and and even if you're a young journalist you know if you're just there they're gonna notice they're not dumb they know who's there and who's not and you know and when someone shows up you know out of the blue that they've never seen and and tries to uh for lack of a better phrase hit the home run question mm -hmm. um and there's people who are there every single day putting in the work and kind of knows what's going on. Um, those players know that they know who's there putting in the work. And it's and it's nice when you see somebody like JJ do that and and says, hey, no, 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 we're going to make sure we get so and so because somebody's because they're they're here. They're putting in the work just because um, regardless of whatever their title or whoever, you know, where people work. Listen, if you're doing the work, that's all that matters. I don't care who you're working for or what you you know all that other shit quite frankly doesn't matter you know it's about putting in the work and i think they acknowledge that because they're every day putting in the work mm -hmm. yeah i'm glad you touched on that investment element of it because i think people think about that in terms of the short term like investing in really good journalism and really good storytelling yeah you might get the game coverage but the cumulative effect of building relationships day in and day out and being able to pay someone to do this job really well, you can't even quantify how important that is. And it was cool hearing you talk 
you know, in, in response to our previous question about the care you have for the job and for the storytelling, because it's so reflected in your work and it's so reflected in the relationships that you've cultivated. And I've been around, you know, sports journalism since I've been in college, I've been around newspapers and you see a lot of people who get very complacent in that job and who do the bare minimum and who will just use the quotes that other people get and they're totally fine just mailing it in and for you and for Annie these two people who do have that investment from a a print publication to be so good at this and care so much goes such a long way when you talk about writing these stories that that might not be the game stories the game stories are fantastic but but you know as you're mentioning the the little in between conversations where you get these great anecdotes that's the most fun stuff to me uh, i i don't know if you have any any like favorite stories you know in that regard you've written but uh it, it it's really reflected in your work well i appreciate you saying that and 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 that's how i try that's like again that's just how i try to approach everything is that you know if you're going to do it let's let's do the damn thing you know um and, and and i enjoy it i love it this is why i'm you know in the business in the first place um and you know you mentioned these like the little moments and that's like the shoot some of the best moments hardly make it into the stories to be honest sometimes because it just doesn't fit and so i'll talk about it on social or whatever but you know it's going to you know it's going to a practice on a tuesday in between games when you know Honestly, sometimes I don't need anything from practice and I still, you know, it's like, all right, here, let's go, you know, a couple things because I always want them to see my face. <laughs> it, it's funny. I've had it, it, it new players or um, it's happened at Maryland. Also, new players will come and um, after like two weeks, we'll be somewhere on the road and I'll come around the corner and they look at me. And they're like, wait a minute, you're here, too. I'm like, I told you, everywhere you go, I'm going to be there. You know, every game, I go wherever y'all go. And they're like, oh, okay. And you can see it hit them because they don't all have, especially in the W, they haven't necessarily had that before. Um, someone who's, you know, a, a dedicated beat writer who's been there, goes everywhere that they go. So, um, so yeah, just that part um, builds that relationship because they know, hey, you're going to be there. Um, you know, and we're going to damn talk almost every single day. Shoot. I t during W season, I swear, I, I tell people, I, I talk to Tebow more than my parents, my girlfriend sometimes. <laughs> I, I, talk, I talk to him three times a day on certain days. You know, if I go, I go to shoot around, we talk pregame, we talk postgame, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so we chat a lot. Um, but yeah, there's always little fun stuff. I think shoot arounds are really funny because they're, they're, you know, they're just getting shots up and trying to get warmed up in the morning. It's not as serious as other times, uh, but they're, you know, they always end it in um, taking half court shots. And and there's a little bit of money on the line when they're taking these half court shots. And so it, it's, it's funny to see their interactions and see who, would, uh, for whatever reason, um, uh, Tiana Hawkins won them all the time. She's just she's good at half court shots. <laughs> she, she won those all the time. Um, the Mystics have this little three point shooting game that they always close out shoot arounds with, where uh, Eric Tebow even um, participates. In the past, that has been won mostly by Elena. Wins the most of them, I would say, but that one that one gets spread out a little bit. Um, 
one of my fun speaking something that ended in a story last year. Um, I did a story on Natasha Cloud and um and Brittany Sykes and their kind of relationship. And it was where were we? We were in Dallas, I do believe. And so I just went we ended up setting it up where I went over to the team hotel and you know, they've got the big um areas where they're like conference rooms and things like that and they're usually like set set in big hallways away from the main lobby and all that kind of stuff man we sat up there for hour plus just weaving in and out of sometimes talking you know on the record for the story sometimes just like cutting up and talking and you know when you get them at ease you know they're laying on a couch drinking you know coffees and and just had just gotten out of video and that kind of thing and so we're just you know they're just sharing all kinds of stories from the past and what they're doing you know um them going back and forth every day travel issues that's the other thing i see them in the damn airport all the time because mm-hmm. we're all kind of you know debbie debbie they're still um they're still flying commercial just like all of us and so a lot of times I'll see them just walking around the airport in the morning or I'll be on the same flight as them a lot of times. So, um, again, it's just those those little things of, um, like I say, being there is half the battle and just, you know, not always talking. It doesn't always have to be on the record. That's another thing I always try. I try to do. I don't want the only time I speak to you being on the record. You know, I don't want every time I walk up to you, I've got a, you know, recorder in my hand um, ready to throw it in your face. So, you know, they're sitting there, they're sitting there on the sidelines, either injured or waiting for something or, you know, not during practice where, you know, I should I shouldn't be talking to them during practice, which <laughs> happens most of the time. But they'll they'll initiate it sometimes. I'm like, listen, you know you're gonna get me in trouble. Like they're <laughs> gonna get me, they're gonna be mad at me for talking to you during practice when you came over here and started it started talking. So <laughs> we'll catch up after this. But you know, them going in and out of the um going in and out of the training room or you know. Tiana or you know she'll bring her son in at sometimes and so we always talk about the kids and I, I try to talk about everything that's not basketball to be honest what's going on in your life and that kind of stuff that the the other day most of the mystics staff was at what was it um I think it was Maryland Ohio State I think maybe or maybe Indiana, one of those, one of those two. Anyways, uh, most of the staff was there, and I almost missed the start of the game because I was sitting up with them just chatting, you know. And we were, and it wasn't like yo again, wasn't microphone on talking about we were just kind of catching up and things like that, you know. Uh, Latoya Sanders, I always thought ask her about her uh, little one. Um, so it's uh. Those are the moments that are really cool to me. And again, I, I, I think those things shape your ability to do something really cool later on because there's a trust factor there. They they you know them, they know you, they know you're not, you know, I'm I very I very much take pride in not being the gotcha guy. I you know, I'm not trying to surprise you with something, you know, it's and 
you know, we all, when there's news and there's something serious that we've all got to talk about, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll cross it and we'll have to talk about it. That's part of the job also. But, you know, I'm not the person who tries to, you know, surprise you with something that's, you know, that's just also how I operate, but we can talk about it. We'll talk about everything anyway. So that's just, it's just how it is. But yeah, those, those on road trips, it's, it's funny to see them, you know, you see, which groups of people hang out together because you'll see them walking together through the airport. Um, you know, they travel in different ways. Uh, some, sometimes I end up getting, you know, I'll end up sitting next to Tebow or sitting next to one of the players or sitting next to one of the assistant coaches. And, you know, um, it's, it, it's interesting to see how different people fly and travel. You know, some people just want to shut up and put the headphones on. Some people want to chat. Some people are on video. So all of that little stuff behind the scenes, I think, um, comes in handy down the road. Um, and just, again, I, it's all we keep, I feel like I keep repeating building relationships, but you know, that's such an important part of what we do. And so, um, you know, if you get to know me and I get to know you when, when tough times come up, when, when, you know, the team's losing or somebody gets in trouble or there's a trade or whatever. Um, you know, it, I, I like to think usually we have a pretty good relationship where we can talk about that stuff without there being some kind of like hostility, you know, it doesn't always work out that way, but most of the time. I really, I really appreciate all of that because there's so much that, you know, I'm learning and taking from this conversation and, I think that, yes, you are in a somewhat unique position in terms of the how much time you're spending around this team, but that's something that I'm also constantly striving for. And I think like what people might not realize when they see a quote in a story or when they even see something tweet, like I live tweet all these Liberty pressers is like the amount of grace that I will get when I ask a bad question because I've I've been there and I've been in the room and I've seen people ask some good questions and get clowned because the players just don't know them or, or aren't sure mm -hmm. what, what their motivation is in, in terms of where they're asking. So in building those relationships, sometimes it also gets you off the hook when you might not have your A game also. And players like, no, I got you. I'll, I'll take this one. Everybody does not have their A game all the time. You know, listen, I've asked some bad questions and, or get tongue tied trying to get up or have something in my brain. And it from, from somewhere between here and here, it got lost. And so, <laughs> and, and, and you're absolutely right. It gets you a little bit of grace when, and, and it also shows, you know, they know that you're human also, you know? So um, yeah, all of the, again, like you just said it perfectly, you know, if you're there, they understand and they're like, they'll let you work through some stuff. Or you can ask a question that someone else ask and get a different response. And get you know, a good like answer, you said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to get a good answer. Or even, um, you know, you can kind of refer to something because you've been there all the time. Like, remember when this happened the other day, even if you, it, it's not like the perfectly constructed question, they understand what you're talking about because they mm -hmm. were there, you were there, that kind of all thing so um yeah it, it definitely saves you sometimes because because <laughs> there there are definitely times uh where i'm just tripping over words and trying to trying to say what i'm trying to say and it's not coming out right but you know if they know you you know we can all laugh about it and be like oh 
struggled on that one. Yeah, yeah don't mind me struggling today. <laughs> These 11 a.m. games, you know, sometimes they have the camp games, those 11 a.m. games, you know. Sometimes my brain is still struggling at that time of day. <laughs> Do you have any, you talk about traveling with these players. Do you have any favorite travel experiences or stories that you can or want to share? I've been trying to think what are, what are, what are some of the, um, what are some of the good ones? Um, <laughs> it's, it, it, it makes me laugh sometimes because, you know, I, I fly, I travel so much throughout the year, um, you know, both during college season and debut season. And even um, like I'm saying with the wizards, um, I end up getting upgraded a lot. So it's always funny when I get upgraded and there, and I always feel so bad about it because, you know, the team is walking to the back and they look over <laughs> at me and I'm like, you know, got upgraded to first class. And I'm like, with your hey, champagne hey. in hand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Listen, when you, we, there's no there's no time in the airport. Time stands still at the airport and then plane. So, you know, you can get a drink at whatever time. But, you know, all of a sudden I'll get upgraded. And usually, um, usually two coaches, two coaches sit in first class and Elena usually for the Mystics. And so... You know, two years ago, Tebow would turn the corner and get to his seat and look up and it's me. I'm like, hey, what up? <laughs> What's going on? No rest. Um, no rest. He, you're, he's always on the clock talking to you. Yeah, you're right. He can't get away from me. He can't get away from me. Hey, hey coach, appreciate the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or or same thing. I'll be, or it, even if I don't get upgraded, you know, sometimes it'll, it'll be a player or two who ends up, um, you know, plopping down next to us and, you know, sometimes we'll shoot the shit. Sometimes, oh, pardon my language. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's just headphones time. So that's funny. Um, Eric Tebow makes me laugh because he. We were talking about that three point game, and like he wants to win that game. Like he like like they play it everything, and so he'll get ticked off and like just kick. It's like at shoot around before the game, and he will kick the ball all the way up in the stands. <laughs> Just like I mean, full kick the thing, laugh, and then like have to go all, all the way up to go find the ball and, <laughs> and go retrieve it. I got it. <laughs> I mean, every team is like the fifteen most competitive people you've ever met in your life, or whatever. So that exactly. extends to the coaching staff too. It extends to the coaching staff. Um, you know, Natasha and Brittany Sykes; those two are just funny all the time. Um, you know, as they're traveling and and we're in different places, and um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to think the best story. I'm not trying to chase. I'm watching you, know, you in We're real time. To filter through the stories that you've told us like at the bar after the game I'm trying to like make sure I stick to the appropriate ones <laughs> hey we, we thought about titling the show shoot the shit so you know you're comfortable here <laughs> let it fly exactly. well, I, I think we can we can transition here and it's been uh an interesting offseason for the mystics right uh a lot of there's over the last you know half decade or so there was a lot of continuity or attempted continuity on this roster obviously mm -hmm. health and and other you know national you know emergencies have have changed mm -hmm. some things over the last few years but they were really trying for so long to kind of run it back with that after that 2019 title 
And this is the this is the offseason where things have finally like significantly changed. We've seen a piece move here or there. But I would say that Elena and Tosh have been probably the faces of the Mystics for the last half decade. And both of them likely will not be. We know Tosh won't be suiting up for them. She'll be in Phoenix. And mm-hmm. Elena, it looks like she won't be there either. So how have you kind of experienced this off season and what domestic fans have to like look what what do they have to look forward to in 2024 well it was you you saw it coming you knew it was coming like the, the, like the last several years uh talking to i keep just saying tebow in general like lumping the two tebows into one <laughs> <laughs> into one form well tebow and so, son <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me let me clarify. So, so Mike Tebow, the last you know since 2019, has talked about trying to maximize that championship window. You know, keep that core together, add a piece or here together, um, and really still try to compete with that group. And so he thought there was about a two three year window there after 2019, where they had um, people under contract. Um, so all of the things were kind of like set up, but. You know, things just didn't always work. Things just didn't work out the way they were hoping to. A lot of it was with injuries. You know, Elena dealing with that back was, um, you know, when she was on the floor, she looked like herself. But keeping her on the floor was an issue. I think what um, I'm forgetting the number um, off the top of my head. I want to say 51, but that still sounds high. Uh, whatever the amount of games that she's played in the last three seasons, um it, it just wasn't a lot, you know, she missed all of 2020, 2021 played three games, 2022, they were really monitoring her in and out of the lineup last year was the most you got her back, but they were still being careful um, and even careful with travel and, and back to backs and things like that. So um, you never had your big dog all the way since then at that point. And so with the way all of the contracts were lined up. You knew this would be the year if they're going to, if something's going to change with them coming up in free agency altogether. It was all kind of all signs pointing to that. And even at the end of last year, um, in 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 those final interviews, you know, Mike said, you know, hey, it might be a transition year. You know, something's got to change. Um, this might be a, a transition. It's uh, a, a time of transition. And even before, like he sent out right before free agency, he put out a letter to um, to season ticket holders saying, hey, essentially saying that same thing. This we're we're rebuilding the team. We're retooling the team, whatever, whatever word you want to use for that. Um, so you kind of saw it coming. Um it was just kind of a decision of who and to what extent. Well, with Elena, it, and and that's and this might be the question, um, the question that people are going to kind of look back on. They decide to use the core designation on Elena um, because you don't want to if if she goes elsewhere, you don't want to lose a two time MVP for nothing. So that makes um, absolute sense. Um, and you even could see it even when Elena was talking at the end of last year. And that's why this part where it sounds like she may not play this year, or I kind of I kind of think they might reevaluate things once we get back from all-star break, 
where, you know, she's, you know, healthy because she didn't play the first half of the season, can see what teams, you know, want to want to make a push and who has availability and all that kind of stuff. Um, but even she said at the end of last year that, hey, I want to keep, yeah, I'm going to keep playing. I want to win. She wanted to be somewhere where she could win. And for the first time, you know, she had said adamantly before, hey, I want Washington to be my last place. And this time she was like, I want to be somewhere where we can win. And so that was that was telling in itself. And that was at the end mm -hmm. of last year. So I think everybody kind of knew there were going to be some significant changes. And so the 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 difficult part has been the trade market, I don't think was certainly what wasn't what the Mystics hoped for. And I don't think it was what Elena thought it might be. Um, I mean, quite frankly, they didn't want they didn't want to be core, period. Right. That, that, that's the first thing, you know, because that limits what she can do and where she can go. And, you know, that's why those rules are put in place in the first place to, to give teams a little bit of protection. But you also get paid for being cored as, you know, you get paid the max. And so there's that's that that's balance between the two. But um, she wanted the flexibility of not of being a unrestricted free agent. And, and the Bistics decided not to um, do that. But but if you use the core on her, you couldn't use the core on Tosh. And I think there was also a feeling from the team um, that they were ready to move on in a different direction also um, with Tosh. And so she was allowed to go find her team and or not allowed, but it's unrestricted free agency. And, and they didn't really, um, you know, I don't believe they even made an offer, um, but they didn't, they didn't make a big push for it. Let's say, let, let's put it that way. Um, so it wasn't a huge surprise when she signed with Phoenix um, because it, again, when, when it's time to retool and, and you're not going to run back that same group, you, you've got Ariel who's still under contract um, and, you know, she's a multi-time all-star Olympian um, Olympic gold medalist winner. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, she was, a, she was, yeah. Yeah, she was on that last team. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yes. Um, and is probably going to be on that team again. Um, so they just signed Slim for multiple multiple years. Uh, Maisha is still under contract. Shakira Shakira is still on her rookie deal. So when you kind of start looking at where um, the moves could come from, if it wasn't going to be through trades, you could kind of probably pick out the people that could see who it was going to probably be. And so, you know, they're in the position now where it's really kind of looking at 2025. This is kind of the example that I've used a little bit, and it's not, you know, it's not apples to apples comparison, but last year with Seattle, right? Um, they lost Stewie, Stewie retired, but they were able to keep Jewel. Um, but they knew they were going to take their lumps in, was that 2023? Mm -hmm. I can't remember the years. <laughs> but see, they knew they were going to take their lumps last season, right? Um, but they structured themselves in a way where they were like, okay, but we're going to try to make this push in 2024, or, in, or at least like, you know, 
rebuild our team during this offseason, whether it was going to be uh, through the draft or through free agency. And we've seen that it's been through free agency with um, – with uh, oh my goodness, why am I going blank? With NECA and um and, and Skyler, yes. And so it, that's kind of what I see is a possibility for the Mystics. Not saying next year they're going to go out and sign you know two of the top free agents, but they're building flexibility into their contracts. It's signed a ton of training camp contracts. Um, you know, Carly Samuelson, she got a two-year deal, but she's the only one in the offseason who's gotten that. Oh, Steph Dolson will get that when that becomes official. Um, that's kind of on hold right now. Um, you know, when when they made the when they agreed last week, um, they had most of the details worked out, but there were still some to be figured out. And as of March 7th, if Elena hasn't signed her her core offer, which she has said that she won't, um, all of that money comes off the books. And so then the Mystics have even more flexibility. I think probably some of that cash will probably go towards stuff. Um, also gives the team more flexibility going forward. It's got two draft, first-round draft picks going into 25. Um, I'm sure... There was some celebrations when Paige announced that she's staying for another year, and that and you know and that's the big look. It's it's that everybody's kind of trying to figure out who's going to come out this year, who might stay for next year. Um, but if they stay, the Mystics will be in a pretty good position with draft picks, with money, um, with still a, a good foundation with Ariel and Shakira. Um, where it will be a pretty um they should they should be excuse me in a pretty good position to get back and rebuild this team pretty quickly um if things shake out the way they hope they're shaking out so it's really looking like 25 is what you're there is really the focus and what you're pointing to 20 2024 might have to take some lumps you know, it, it might be a rough season for them uh, this year as as you know, and you've still got enough to be competitive. But at the same time, it's just um, a team that is retooling for the future as opposed to right now. And whereas the last since 2019, they've gone into every single season saying, yes, we sh- we expect to um, at least be competitive in the chase for the finals. Um, I'm not sure it'll be. I don't think this year will be that kind of expectations going into the season. Um, you know, got to get Shakira back healthy, uh, all of those things, and she'll continue to develop and all that kind of stuff. But I think the eye really is on 2025. And I think that fans should be good. With, uh, you can point to Seattle as a blueprint and say, look at what they did. You know, they had their their they've had what two years and two decades they're not competing for a championship and and then they land lottery picks and then use that to retool um that that should be the blueprint for basically every team um but i wanted to bring it back to tosh for a sec because all three of us were in the room after that that liberty series and saw how she's a player that we we love how she always wears her emotions on her sleeve but Mm -hmm. we we all saw in that moment that she was almost saying goodbye then where she didn't know yet what the, and it was obviously very emotional after that game specifically. Mm. Um, 
but just she was saying thank you to to DC and it was almost a I, I don't think it was like a plea to resign so much but like she loved that city and everything all of her advocacy work and you know and you've been on the ground there the the times that she would have media blackouts to talk about mm-hmm. gun violence in the community or that she would take time off of to 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 do activist causes and even now mm-hmm. she's just continues to be one of the most outspoken players talking about you know everything going on in the middle, in the middle east right now mm-hmm. how i i guess like how did that all sit with the front office because the w the w as a whole kind of had to be dragged into advocacy right like we <laughs> we look at it now and it's like look at how great the the our league is at, at dealing with all of this social injustice around the world but like players were getting fined back when they were wearing black lives matter shirts mm. a decade ago and now we look back and 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 the w synonymous with all of that but yeah. that was not always the case. But Tosh is someone who has always been comfortable speaking her truth. And I don't know how that kind of like sat with the organization all the time. That's um, <clears throat> that's kind of been one of the most interesting parts because, you know, she really did adopt Ward 8, um, <clears throat> excuse me, where uh, the Mystics Arena is in in that Southeast DC. And, you know, when Bradley Beal was here, you know, her, those two were um, very much out there together working to help the city um, and, and, and be that voice and, and be, and and bring up these issues and, and, you know, from gun violence to, to, uh, to the schools, to educate all the, all these different things. And so, that's what made her so beloved here. And like you said, she, you know, she wears her emotions on her sleeve. You know, you know who she is. Um, but sometimes, you know, that sometimes that was tough for the front office, I do believe. Uh, you know, some sometimes um, she, I don't think they ever tried to silence anyone. They, you know, they, they very much have... Um, implored them to be active and to speak their mind and they but but i do think there are times where um it's made it a little bit where maybe they've had to kind of come back and kind of clarify something that tasha said or or and 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 it's not like um it's not like they were kind of making excuses or anything like that but you know she talked about so many different things and she was so you know Tasha's passionate you know so she she would get so passionate about things sometimes um and, and and sometimes there would be moments of having to kind of go back and not necessarily clarify but you know say okay this is exactly what she meant when she was speaking about this um and and she would do that herself sometimes um so that 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 was the weird part of not weird is the wrong word but you know it's always it's always hard to lose a fan favorite right for the, for the people in the city it, it's hard to see someone who um you've had them their entire career who's really been out there in the streets, in the community, doing that kind of stuff. So from that perspective, it is tough. But at the same time, um, it is a business. And 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 general manager Mike Tebow's got a job to do. And 
I think they got to the point where they were like, okay, we've got some tough decisions to make because running it back with the same group every year isn't isn't necessarily working. And so um, they've kind of decided how they want to retool it. And, and part of that was um, moving on from Tosh, to be quite frank. Um, and it was, I don't think that was, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it wasn't a situation where, it was like it, it certainly wasn't a good riddance type situation, but I think I think especially on the team side, it, it, it was kind of a look of okay, maybe it's time for um maybe it's time for a different scenario, a, a, a new home, a new for maybe it's time for us to kind of um rebuild in a way with you know what she was going to command. And for us to get position ourselves to have the flexibility to do some things long term, it's hard to to give her what she was going to, you know, to pay her market value in the short term. And so I think that's I think that's just kind of the situation they kind of got into. And what I was what I was saying earlier, where the 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 revisionist history will be, should they have used the core on her instead of Aleda? Um, I'm not smart enough to say that for sure. You know, maybe we'll see, you know, if, if Elena ends up, you know, not playing and, and, you know, she's, she's on the back end of her career, um, dealing with a lot of health issues over the last years. And, you know, backs are always bad for everybody, let alone, um, uh, uh, athlete that plays at her level. And so, would it have made more sense to core someone younger like Tosh? I don't know. I think it's, I think, it, I think it would have been, I know Pete, that conversation is being held and you hear some people saying that, especially with the way that um, Elena has said, Hey, she's going to sit out and, and, and see what happens with that down the road. And then they're in the same position next year too, right? Like they would Absolutely. have to core her again if they wanted to not go through this dance. Although, you saying that she could be dealt mid-season was the first I'd heard that, which which I don't know how the cap works at all for for that. It 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 it, it depends, you know. I'm it, it it's it's hard to say that, but that is an option. If she comes back, if she later on says, okay, um, they figured out some way, you know, they keep talking behind the scenes and and be able to put it in a situation where all parties are happy. You know, the the Mystics are going to want value back. Um, Lena wants to go where she wants to go. Um, that other team, whoever it is, is going to want to um, get Elena, but also not have to sacrifice their entire future for it either. And so you never know how things develop, at, you know, with injuries and things like that. You guys know, you know, there's tr things change. And then all of a sudden you're at the trade deadline and a team that's a contender that's close. is like, oh, maybe Elena Deladon would put us over the hump. And the Mystics still control her rights. And then, you know, deadlines force action. So, you know, maybe people will, um, you know, you never know. But that's, that's a possibility of something that could happen. Uh, but either way, if they'd have let her just walk, <laughs> I think there would have been just as much backlash. Like, people would have been losing their minds here in D.C. if you'd have just let Elaine Odell die and walk without getting any kind of compensation for them. So... 
I understand all sides. Like it, it makes sense for all parties. Of course, if you're Elena, you want to be an unrestricted free agent and be able to pick your spots. And, and um, you know, with, with, with her getting cord, you know, that, that locked her into that salary. So that other team has to consider that also. So, um, so I can see it from all parties. It's it, it, the, the, these are the tricky things that you have to navigate when, when you decide, Hey, it's, it, it's time to, essentially take a team that was built around seven people for several years and say, okay, we're going to tear this down to the studs. And it's not necessarily tearing it down to the studs, but Hey, we're going to build in a different image. Um, you know, it, you, it, it's very few teams and it's very difficult to seamlessly move, move on from a one core to another core and have that core be ready to compete for a title immediately. And so these are the kind of tough times you got to kind of go through. And so um, I just think kind of that's where they are at this moment. And um, I think it was, it was tough to move on from Tosh, I think, but at the same time, I think all parties kind of saw the writing on the table. And, and, and if you look at the other contracts and all that kind of stuff, um, it wasn't a huge surprise that that that's how that played out to be quite honest even though like you said it, it it's hard to lose someone that had that connection to fans and things like that but you know sometimes they got to make a business decision and um and now Tasha's on the team that thinks they can compete so um you know sounds like she's happy where she's going also I think the first round series, between New York and Washington was a really interesting turning point last year because we we think about 2019 all the time in relation to the Mystics. And I think the pandemic sort of warped everyone's sense of time and whatever the bubble season was mm -hmm. so unique. Uh, it's been four and a half years since, since they won the title now. And <laughs> EDD was the MVP. She was 50-40-90. That was at that time the greatest offensive team in league history. The farther you get removed from that, and you talked about this earlier, you start to see signs of certain players declining. And I thought that there was a very stark contrast in those two games against New York between EDD's ability and mobility on the floor. She looked like she was playing at a different speed and it's not her fault. It's just, it, it's just injuries and she's gone through very serious health stuff over the course of her career. Meanwhile, Tosh in game two had one of the, the great games of her career. I mean, for that to be her final game for the Mystics in a way was kind of beautiful and poetic. She just left it all out there. And if you're looking at it from Mike Tebow's perspective in the front office, I, I almost think that, it, it, you know, you're caught between uh, in either or scenario that you touched upon. Uh, in in one scenario, you do core cloud and you have a point guard that is going to keep the team stable. And as you transition into this sort of semi-rebuild, is it a rebuild? Is it not? We've got Shakira. We've got these picks. You have still the heartbeat of the team. You have the point guard. You have someone who's going to elevate everyone else on the floor. But the flip side of that is that 
Tosh Cloud's going to make you better, and they might want to be worse this year if we're being entirely real about it. With those picks and 2025 and Page, et cetera, like they might have seen that writing on the wall, and it just made sense at that time. So many factors go into it, but I just think back to those two games against New York, which were really telling. It was like, oh, Tosh has a lot left in the tank, clearly. Mm-hmm. And, and Elena just looked, she just looked like she was a step slow. And, you know, she got it. It, it was funny because also they both were put into different positions where, you know, they were so banged up last year. Like Tosh was kind of forced to be able to show that hey, I can be a scorer, you know, because that's what they absolutely needed from them. Um, and so you got to see, she got to show off kind of a, a different part of her game that she didn't necessarily that wasn't part of her responsibility before um which works out well for her uh you know elena is just listen she was before before the all-star going into all she was an all-star right like she was still when she is out there and, and feeling healthy and feeling good she still is playing at that type of level um i think it's getting a little bit harder and um it, it i i think it's a little bit more challenging to do um on an every night basis um you know even though you know she she's she's lauded that she's stronger than she's ever been in her career uh because she's had to endure these you know there's just a lot of maintenance to get her on the floor and off the floor pre-game post-game um these days and so you're absolutely right you're you're in a position where you kind of got to make a decision where like yeah in if if you're in a spot where you're competing and you think you're going to be really good, yeah, absolutely. Tosh is a is a um, is a piece of the puzzle that you would want. But at the same time, like he said, you know, when when you're moving in a different direction, sometimes you got to make those hard decisions. And um, but if you like, you said that was a great way to go out. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna say goodbye and have to go, that was that was a great way to go out. But oh, that, that was the other thing I was thinking about. We you know we were talking we talked so much about 2019, and you're mentioning how that was um, you know one of the best offensive teams um, ever. That team it, that team it has drastically changed from that. This was a defensive based team last year. Really, the last two seasons you could almost say uh, because they didn't have the same offensive power when when Elena's not out there all the time you bring in slim and you've got a you've got a um you've got a three-headed perimeter monster uh between Sykes and Cloud and Atkins who are three all league defenders plus you bring in Shakira Austin to hold down things in the paint and she's only getting you know, she's only two years in the league and, and missed most of last year. So, you know, the sky's the limit for her moving forward. And so the team had already started to play differently than what they had before. And so it was, you know, you try to hold on, you know, you try to hold on. But at some point, you know, you got to make that tough decision. I think that's just kind of where where they eventually got to. And, um, you know, breakups are hard, but, you know. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes things run their course and, and I think they were ready for a different look. Um, and, and, and Tasha was in a position where, 
you know, she just, like you said, coming off that last game, coming off this a year where she was able to show a different side of her game, she was, there was, there's value for her out in the market. And um, whereas you look at what the Mystics were doing, they signed mostly a bunch of training camp contracts. So it's clearly that uh, it's just different. They're in different positions and different philosophies where of where they kind of are at this moment. I think it's also really smart for some. It's it's hard to hear for fans, but it's really smart for general managers to look at the landscape and say, can we compete for a title right now? And and it's not last year. It was New York and Vegas. And be honest about it. Yep. And be honest about it, because uh, because Vegas and the Liberty were were head and shoulders last year. But now you look at what Seattle's done in this offseason. You look at what Phoenix has done. Connecticut bringing back Breezy and that they, and that they still think they've got a shot. That's five teams that feel like, okay, we're going for it, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you have to be honest, especially with the construction of the lottery system where it's this two-year cumulative. So you're already thinking, okay, we were seven last year if we're Washington. Like, that's enough if you think about Phoenix jumping up and Seattle jumping up. Like mm-hmm. we could really position ourselves very well for a retool, whether it's this offseason, next offseason, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's hard. It's tough for fans, but it's I think it's tough for maybe I don't want to just say casual fans because there mm-hmm. are going to be some fans that get it and say, yeah. like, we we got a chip out of this. But, yeah, it wasn't the same team as at the time that 2019 Mystics team set the record for most three pointers made. And then you're talking about this, like this defensive perimeter that likes to slash and get to the rim or Shakira inside. It's you don't have KT, you don't have aerial powers, you don't have Emma Misamit. Like this, this top, this roster has turned over a lot in that time. So, like I think personally, it's commendable if you can have that kind of self reflection and say, even if we brought Tosh back, Tosh might put us into that. That that middle ground that may be the worst that nobody ever wants to be in yeah. that gray zone where you know you're not good enough to truly compete, but you're not bad enough you're, to you're like get a top too, pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that middle range where it is it can be death for basketball teams. Um, when you're just in that middle gray area, a little bit too good, but not quite good enough. You know, and, and and you just mentioned it. You know that team was shooting a ton of threes, and you and and they had gotten away from that and didn't quite have the same level of shooters. But you go out and you see what they can did this year. I mean, even even the way they've approached it, they still have clearly been um, wanting to add shooting with Carly and Steph and and um, shooting bigs that they've kind of brought in. Um, so they kind of they're still. It, but this is not going to be um, – I mean, they're going to – they're pretty much done in free agency at this moment. Um, but you can see I think there was a, a conscious decision to try to get um, a little bit more shooting back on this roster from where they've been the last two years, yeah. even even as they go through the rebuild. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we really have – talked through a lot of this and I, and I just looked at the <laughs> clock and realized how long we've had you on there, but I'll, I'll hand it off to Owen here. Well, I was just going to say, we, we got re- If we were at the bar right now, we'd go another round, but <laughs> podcast, I was just going to say, I think we got to close the last thing we got to do. I, like miles being very professional here, wrapping it up. 
we got to give Miles a chance to ask you about Dee Richards on the Washington Mystics. I, I mean, you know, a, a former guest, friend of the pod. Come on, Dee Dee Richards, the absolute best in Washington. Miles, you know, close us out here. Yeah, what what does what does Dee Dee, who I think when you talk about this, this kind of culture shift that could be happening a little bit when you're losing two of your big voices, what do you think a player, I know she's on a training camp deal, but she's also been playing really well. I think she had 20 points again for the third time this season last night uh, in Australia where she's playing with the Flames. What do you think that someone who can slot in as a complementary piece to that that defensive perimeter could mm-hmm. add? Because she feels like the closest, I think, that we've seen to maybe some continuity, at least on that side of the floor for the Mystics. Yep. I think, I think. Yeah, it's a camp deal, but I think she's very much expected to be on this roster, right? Like, she's going to be here. Uh, and so it, it's so there's a, there's an excitement there where I think, you know, as much as people are um, a little bit disappointed with um, with losing Tosh and, and ju- almost just from a personality standpoint, I think you've got um, with her and Steph coming in, I think there's excitement there also that that there's going to be I think fans are going to quickly be rooting for those. Two. Well, they but they already know about Steph, um, and and if they've been watching from afar, you should know about Dee Dee. But they'll find out really quickly. But yeah, I think she comes in and she slots into kind of um, a good versatility piece that you know we were talking about. Okay, you're losing a defender of the quality of Tosh, but Dee Dee can play on that floor very well, right? And so um, she can compliment in those ways and i think just the versatility of her um you know being a what a a a wing with some size but that can still match up uh you know against quote-unquote smaller guards we saw her play one through five here so exactly stretch but one through four she can definitely be up Exactly. So I think I think that is something like a little a little uh, Swiss Army knife that Eric Tebow will be able to play with um, and, and figure out like it, it's so hard to kind of really know what this team, how the style of what this team will look like and play like. I mean, obvious. So I know the I know the thought is Brittany Sykes seems to be the the at the moment, the lead to play point guard to kind of be your starting point guard um, next to Ariel. And so, you know, she'll have the ball in her hands a ton. Um, Ariel will probably, I'd assume she'll probably be the leading scorer on the team. Um, We'll see how, you know, they're trying to get Shakira back healthy, but you know, when she was healthy last year, really kind of coming back off of that off season overseas, you know, you could see her offensive game had taken another step forward um, and she's, already an incredible defender and so even as we're talking about these retooling it's not like there there aren't pieces still there and so it, it i'm just i'm curious myself to see how the style of play and how they'll work some of these people in um you know my you know maisha should have um i think she of um anybody kind of got caught in the mix of as the team was kind of retooling because you know she basically she had free reign in 2020 and showed exactly what she could do um during that bubble season but as elena kind of came back i i it it never seemed like those two playing directly together 
fully kind of fit. Um, and so with the new pieces that were coming in and with Deladon coming back, I feel like she's and she was dealing with that knee injury. Um, kind of got caught up in the wash almost more than anybody and hasn't quite been that player that we seen that we've seen her be particularly that player in 2020 so I'm, I'm curious I, if I'm her I would assume I'm looking at this year like okay this is my opportunity to kind of get back and and get back to being myself and have a big impact on this team um, and she's going to be unrestricted in 2025 I do believe and so uh, you know, it's a contract year for her. So I'm sure and, and she'll get plenty of opportunity. And so I'm, I'm curious of how all of these pieces will fit together. Who ends up being here at the end? I mean, um, they signed a lot of bigs. I can't imagine they're going to carry all of these bigs in. But um it's it's a it's an interesting time here in DC where you know you we, we it, it's felt like you've known exactly you know at least what they wanted things to look like since 2018 you know if things go right and players play their potential this is what it will look like um quite frankly what we're talking about the last four or five years longer um but this year I think no one really knows what it's going to look like. There's so there's going to be new contributors, people in different roles. Um, you know, Brittany Sykes wasn't brought in to play the point guard, but because of the way that they played so much last year, I think they're comfortable now with her playing point guard. And I think she's comfortable herself um, playing point more than I think she anticipated when she first got here. And so, you know, things, things change and evolved in different ways over the years. And so this is... Um, it's 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 interesting going into this one because I feel like I don't I'm like I'm as as much as I know the individual players it's hard to I don't know how they expect or how they envision them meshing and playing together in the same way you know I, I do they see themselves more offensive identity or defensive identity um do they want to push up? You know, they wanted to play fast a couple years ago. Do they still want to do that? You know, Mike Tebow always wants the ball flipping side to side uh, quickly. Um, will they, will with with Ariel probably being the offensive centerpiece, you know, what will that look like? It's it's just a lot of things up in the air that, um, that we haven't seen uh, all these folks exactly in this position before. Um, and there's, and there's a lot of opportunity here for a team that's, you know, probably going to take a few lumps this year. So, hey, there's a chance for some individual development and some and a chance for people to make their case to be to still be here when 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 they make their more major moves, assuming that'll be in 2025 or 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 close thereafter. At least that's the hope. Um, I think on on the um, from the business side is um, that they'll again. I keep using the word flexibility, leaving yourself a lot of flexibility so you can go hard at whatever your new vision is for twenty five and beyond. So um, 
So yeah, no, there's there's excite there's excitement about DD. I know we started off with DD and I got all over the place again. See, I told you guys I ramble. That's why we've been here for so long. And 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 and, and, and I'm all good with it. Like I we appreciate you guys having me because I will <laughs> ramble on for a long time, as you can tell. So whoever's gonna edit this, <laughs> one of y'all got some work to do. <laughs> this is the best. This is the best. It had to mirror our conversations when we're not recording. You know, otherwise it wouldn't be good. This is perfect. This is how it goes. This is how it goes. So yeah, and I appreciate that. I appreciate y'all having me and let me just uh you know spout off the top of my brain. But I do think Dee Dee is gonna have a role. I think they envision her having a role here. Um, you know, like we said, that that defensive versatility allows them to play a little bit of games with her, um, play games defensively in general with both Ariel and Sykes still here. So, um, but I'm still not, but I don't think they even know exactly what it's going to look like at this moment. So um, we'll see. That's what, that's what happens during transition years. Kareem, it's, it's been an absolute joy. I mean, it, it just comprehensive coverage, the best. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Can't wait to, to see you soon, uh, you know, when you're here in New York. First, awesome. first two rounds are on us. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, two? All right, good. All right. <laughs> I'm, order, yeah. I'm ordering my Johnny yeah. Black then. You guys got the first two rounds? All right, Johnny Black. <laughs> Owen's got the first two rounds. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kareem. We'll see you soon. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it.